Welcome to the Smart Nonsense Podcast, where we talk about entrepreneurship, self-development, and challenging norms. Today, it is episode 76. Uh, 76, 1776, great year for independence. What are we talking about, Pop? <laughs> Today, we are talking about the magic of thinking big. Wait, wait, you, you tell them, and then we're going to get the gilly out, but you tell, I got to grab oh. something. Tell them what we're talking about. All right, this book, The Magic of Thinking Big, it's by a man named David Schwartz. Who is he? I don't really know. He's some professor, motivational writer, speaker, dude like that. I don't like Henry and his little legs running around the studio. But this was written in 1959, Belky. And you know what happened in 1959? Happened in 1959? I was like 12 feet away. The f- <laughs> Everyone, Belky is hammering a four loco <laughs> live on the set. <laughs> he is ready to go. I don't know why. Let I me say something really quick. Let me say something really quick. If you are not on YouTube yet, watching these stupid videos, <laughs> we're going to be doing this forever. We're doing this forever. We're tweaking things. We're leveling up. It's here. Leave a review. Watch us on, on YouTube. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you thought we could kick Belky off the podcast, but he's back and stronger than ever. Can we make sure this doesn't get noise gated? <laughs> You're already slamming the table and I'm just thinking of Eric <laughs> yelling at you. That's terrible. <laughs> I mean, can I? You got COVID? Oh, and I got brain freeze. Oh, that's real. That's just really bad. Oh, to- okay. <laughs> you were saying something about a date, and then we need to get the gilly out here because that's that's why the four locos here. All right, 1959. That's when <laughs> Slick and Carol were born. Oh, that's these all are, I wanted. These are to your say. parents. Yeah, and it was written in this year. So, well, a long it's time timeless. Ago. I'm sorry. This is this is really bad. Um, the gilly. Your dad said we got to get the gilly out here. I'm I'm no longer on the interviews. There is a reason. Wait, wait, strictly- get the gilly out just in reference. That is Sorry. to like episode 71, something like 70. One of those episodes, it was with uh, what you warn Adam's bros. Go watch that. But yeah, they, they were, were talking about how they had this one friend, Gilly, who uh, they just had like he'd bottle up his emotions all the time, never talk to his friends and then just blow up one day. So I missed the point. I thought they were talking about a ghillie suit. No, that was me. Oh. That was me connecting okay. the dots. Okay, so I kind of missed the point. But anyway, um, I'm not on the interviews really quick because, I don't know, you're talking to people that, that I don't run in the same circles with and I, I wasn't preparing myself for them. And uh, I think we got the ghillie out and said, you know, enough's enough. Don't fake it. Well, and you're crushing it, by the way. You're crushing them. I, I love them. Kind of getting better. Uh, it's it's an interesting animal. We'll see this weekend, too. I guess the next episode that y'all will see is with Jack and Joe. They're two finance bros on two different sides of the spectrum. Like, that Jack was the guy who I was living with, and Henry now knows him quite well. But, dude, their lives are fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited for that. Like, who should get into finance? They're making a lot of money, but, like, do they like what they're doing? We're going to talk about that all. We should talk about our dynamic really quick because mm-hmm. I think this is why it is the way it is. Very little drama. Between you and I, and I, I think I was saying yesterday, it's like, first of all, we both have like pretty low standards, but for the things we do care about, we're, we're just going to like say it like it is. Uh. We had the talk like three weeks ago, like, I was like, I'm just, you know, I, I can't give you two hours of prep before that episode, the whole episode, like it was taking up my whole day. And uh, I think we adapted and now I'm here for the nonsense. So, you know, sometimes you make me think and you, so in this book, I'll, I'll kind of connect it to the book, but like they talk about it's thinking big, right? And when you're thinking big, you don't want to focus on the small shit. And so we know what matters to us and what doesn't. And so 
for us, it's like little things like we'll just kind of like shit on each other just jokingly. But then like big things or at least in my mind, like interviews, what we do with those, like can Henry devote the proper time to the interviews and like preparing? Probably not. Cramming a book in like four hours, he can do that all day. Sign me up. So, you know, we get that dynamic. I think more people can do it. Uh, but it really goes like it just connects to the book. The book's so fucking good. But like surrounding yourself with people that are on the same wavelength, pursuing the same shit as you, it's so empowering, motivational. It's just like, am I allowed to say what I texted you today about the book? Yeah, you said something vulgar, right? It is pretty vulgar. I've never said it about a book before. I said I want to. F- I can't say it. I probably can't say it. Don't we don't censor. Ourselves. I want to fuck this book. That's what I want to do. It's so good. <laughs> I come into the studio. Henry's in the music box going to town. Easy. All right. So here we go, Belky. Oh, man. I crammed it again today and now I'm a little bit drunk. This is 12% alcohol. <laughs> I think there's a lot of caffeine and sugar in here. Where do we start? Who's this for? I, that's a great question. Everyone. I wanted to buy it for my whole family today. Well, that's the thing. It's almost... Like, I'm thinking of the people that it's not for. It's, like, not for an Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, who's already oh. thinking big. But everyone else can think bigger than they currently are. Right. So it's, like... Well, even them. There, there is no limit, right? Right. They're, they're probably... They probably read this book, honestly. But I think what's interesting in the book is big thinkers like, like those two don't, like, shit on people for thinking big because they mm. know that it's obtainable. And I think that's mm. a really, really important f- fact. You look in your it's lips. a little bit later in my agenda. It's but, way late in it, my agenda. I mean, here's the thing, right? If if anyone, if you're at a place in your life and you're not satisfied, which I think we were at certain points and you just, you're actively trying to do better, this book's for you. You little ambitious studs, just like, I, I'm just tired of people that complain about their jobs and why life is so fucking tough and they don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what this book is. It's mm-hmm. like, how do you quit being a bitch, suck it up and just do? Flip the mindset. So the first thing. What really blew my mind right out of the gate was like this very simple realization or observation. Like you look at, in this case, salespeople, like what separates the top performer who does multiples better than everyone else and like an average person. And it's not like how much time he's putting into sales. It's not how much he's he's studied different sales techniques. Okay. This uh, book actually 1959 it's a lot of he's. There is. So that's that's one thing that's changed, but That's that is one thing that's changed. There's another book we read about Oh, I think it's on writing well. Mm. Whether to write he slash she, he or she. And like he had a pretty good response. Again, this is 1959. It doesn't hold true. But his response was a little bit more current about when something about just when it's easier, but Yeah, I mean digress. that's an excuse people could make too is like whatever uh you know it's a a male dominated world shit we'll get to that but like the point is he's not working harder he's basically not doing anything other than just thinking fucking big and so how do you how do you take your your approach to life and just amplify it so that now you're sealing instead of like oh i just want to make sixty thousand dollars a year live with my nice family and drive like a toyota corolla like how do you take that and scale it to i want to live in a penthouse downtown drive the coolest car I want and just have a family that can travel anywhere in the world. Right. Because success starts with belief. I think that's very early on in the book. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the bricklayers. This is an anecdote yeah. that stuck with me for a long that's time. A good one. Um, I think it puts what you're saying so crystal freaking clear in pers- perspective. So there's this anecdote that somebody's walking down the street and they come across three brick bricklayers and they ask the first one, what do you do? He says, well, I'm a bricklayer. 
And the second one says, I make $9.30 an hour. And the third bricklayer says, well, I'm, I'm building the world's greatest cathedral. Mind you, they're all doing the same thing. Mm. But, but who do you think is, is further along or more successful a year down the line or two years down the line? Not, not that only that, person. but like enjoying their job. Yeah. It's like you want to go into work every day. And sometimes it's hard, like depending on your environment, but just suck it up, figure out a way to reframe your shit. So it's like you're on the path to some greater mission. The weather too. Mm-hmm. Total social construct. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going a bit late in the book, but I think it's relevant. Yeah, we'll try it's, and tie this into some sort of cohesiveness. <laughs> we'll but, put a bow on it eventually. I'll be drunk by that point, but um, I mean, I, I guess it we starts could talk with about belief. It, but like, yeah, ahead. it's it's the kind of victim, just excusitis, like negative thinking. Oh, excusitis, my man. That's such a big one for me. It's like because uh, what what ends up happening. We talk about this a lot, but with people who have this disease, excusitis. Um, curable. It's curable. It's absolutely curable. The same way confidence is, which I, I heard again listening today. It's like no one, nobody's born with, with confidence. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But I'm drunk, and what was I saying about... Excusitis. Excusitis. Really I got really jazzed up. Oh, because there, there are pessimistic people, right? There are naysayers who, we've talked about this before, but... They look at someone like you or I just, I mean, what the fuck are we doing? And they, in, in their mind, there, there's two thoughts. This has nothing to do with excusitis. This is going to be the, the yeah, theme of the episode. Wherever you want to go they with have, this, t- They have two thoughts. And those two thoughts are, look, if I shit on them, if I say, well, you can't do that, you can't be successful, and I was right, well, great. But if we actually become something, how does this go? I'm... Sp- I'm buzzed, to say the least. Well, it's like if you become something, then it's challenging their path in life. So they want... They want to be able to say, I told you so. Right. And if you succeed, then there's this cognitive cognitive, <laughs> cognitive dissonance like, oh, they're, they're better than I am. And that was, that's a big one for me. That was from... Uh, I just want everyone to be happy for everyone. Yeah. Well, Belky's just tired of getting shit on. You there's know. there's nobody there's nobody that I encounter day to day that I'm like I don't want you to do that you know right. like I'm the biggest cheerleader. Well, that's it. It really comes down to thinking with this positive sum mindset, and that, that was something oh. that was cool. From it was uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, Friedman. Naval? What's the podcast? Um, Lex Lex Friedman and uh, the guy that makes comma comma AI. No idea. It's cool. Like. Just so people know, that's alternative. Basically, you can install it in your car and it self-drives. Oh, super cool software. But they were talking about this and like people aren't just aren't rooting for you because like you said, it's like, well, they want to be able to tell you I told you so. And then if you do succeed, it makes them feel like shit. So it's just like double working against you. And, and here's the truth of the matter. Let's let's look at YouTube. You can subscribe to my channel. You can subscribe to your channel. I can subscribe to the naysayers. Everybody can subscribe, right? Like everybody can go out and raise money. It, it's it's positive sum. Nobody, if somebody subscribes to my YouTube channel, that doesn't preclude, pre, Jesus, that does not preclude, watch this on YouTube. I'm just, by the you, end, I'm going to- You don't want to see that either. It, it does it not off. preclude you from adding a subscription to your channel. And I think that's a, that's a big mindset well, that a lot of people don't I mean, understand. I'm still accepting it because I, I was thinking like, oh, you know, we're in this competitive podcast space now because everyone has a podcast because there are very few barriers to entry. But then you're like, well, 
how many awesome 23 year olds are there just fucking talking books and shooting the shit in like a fun way we're in a league of our own at least i haven't heard one like you right but you can also listen to eight of them right there's so it's just this mindset of like just be the best at your specific niche and like everyone can win and create a better world so that's kind of the the nice thing to say there but i think talking in general about the people around you is important because like like you said for example say i go to you actually this happened last weekend and i'm i said to a person i'm like god i'm a beast i said to a person they were like oh why are you doing this podcast i'm like well uh i feel like i have a lot of counter or we have a lot of counterintuitive thoughts ideas about how to succeed in the world granted we're i mean at this point we're kind of we're kind of successful already they're, they're but like count, they're counterintuitive amongst the people we are in circles with right they're like if you're outside that it's just like normal entrepreneurial stuff but sorry. so so i'm just saying i'm like yeah i want to do this podcast have a lot of ideas i think it could change a lot of lives for the positive and i know that in two years millions of people will listen to our podcast and just very like confidently saying that and people like this person was like wow that's actually like that's so rare to hear someone with that sort of confidence and i just know like we fucking we dig this shit and we think on this big scale whereas i know friends at home if i said that back in high school for example they would be like dude what the fuck are you talking get out of here like you're gonna be someone sure it's it's just it depends if you pose that question of you're going to make an impact, you're going to be a millionaire, billionaire, whatever the fuck you want to be, what's the reaction of the people around you? Is it, oh, that's dope. How are you going to do it? Or is it, get the fuck out of here? And if it's get the fuck out of here, find new friends. You have to. As hard as it is. It's even harder when it's family. But then I say break up with your family, which has been a big thing in my life. You know, love them to death, but we don't all have the same mindset. And it's like, if I stayed in the house and was surrounded by this kind of energy that's not equal to my energy, then you have to break up with them. It's hard, but it's true. It's, I mean, that, that literally happened to me freshman year. Cause I was, <clears throat> I was like on the cusp of the little like fuck boy side that was just going around trying to be cool. Okay, like this, yeah. the nerd. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, let, me, let me make it personal. And I was like outside of the top 10 in my class. I wanted to go to a good school. You couldn't, unless you were in the top 10. And so I was like, you know, you're at that fork in the road. Which one do you go down? Do you like try and be cool, be super good at sports? Or do you like focus more on AP classes and shit like that? And so I just picked the smart route, which now is fucking dope. Because I, I, we get into Brown, like a cool school. I think two main realizations come out. One is like, these people aren't smarter than me or any of my friends. You, you look at them like, yeah, maybe they fucking study a little bit more. I'm swearing more than normal. Maybe they study more. It's the four loco. It must be. In my blood. (laughs) Gross. So they're not smarter than anyone for the most part. Maybe like Noah, who's on the podcast. He's Noah's a whiz. He's a whiz. He's an absolute whiz. But that's the thing. You don't need to be like a Jeopardy whiz or anything like that. Um, And then it it just really comes down to ambition. Let's talk about knowledge. Can I? Oh, you had more? Well, I just want to say ambition. Like the the benefit of Brown. It wasn't that you're around smart people. It's. You're around ambitious people yeah. that make you think big. They force you to think big because that's who your community is. Which I'm going to bring to knowledge, right? Yes, bring it somewhere. We hear knowledge is... Bring it somewhere. You don't know where I'm going. <laughs> I, never I don't know. know where I'm going. My could tongue's be a little could loose. Be forward. Could be up. Knowledge is power, right? No. No, it is not. Knowledge is potential power, right? It, it, it's what you do with that. Um, what do you say about mental uh, ability? He says, 
quote, am I using my mental ability to make history or to record history made by others? I don't remember a single thing you were saying now that I think about it. But I think you were talking about ambition. <laughs> it's how you use your knowledge. I, we were talking about smart people at Brown too. I mean, that's the thing. Okay, let me let me let's Please just like throw me words out. by each other Please and see if they connect here. somewhere. Someone does. I have when I when I said I wanted to fuck this book, it's because every single sentence. I don't know if it's confirmation bias or what. I'm like, true, true. Like, I put this book on first of all for who this is for. If you just want to get jazzed up, like put this book on in the morning. And you'll, I was walking faster. My chest was out. My head was up. I was smiling. It's nice out today. I was like, I'm thinking big. I'm thinking big. Remember the first time you recommended this to me? We were doing the podcast, I think, not in person, but like I wanted to exercise, didn't have friends to play sports with. So I'm like, I'm going to start rollerblading on the bike path. And I just put this in and I just bopped at it. Like a fast pace for an hour, just like God. Damn, and you called me. Think you big. left a, a three minute long voicemail. Like I'm a beast. I'm gonna rollerblade every single day. I'm gonna go to the beach. It's nice out. It's 15 miles round trip. It lasted a day. It lasted a but day, but I did read the, the book. Yeah. And uh, maybe we have that voice message. I'd be funny to play. The point is, my point is at least, um, this is a book I want to read like once a week. Mm. I haven't read it in a while, and I guess this is the second time, but when I put it on, I'm like, you know what? I can do this today. And I think that's also a product of who you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with people who think like this, then you get it every day. That's a, uh, let me just rip another tangent. That's where I like Naval, and he talks about books. He's like, everyone's trying to read 50, 100 books a year, whatever it is. That's a lot, but we might do that actually but like a lot of books a year but it's not quantity like i read the same books me talking as naval i read the same books over and over and over again because you find the best and then why would you need to read other shit right naval reads like three sentences a night but he reads those three sentences 400 times it's like i I just want to well okay so principles uh somehow trying to piece together what we've talked about so far basically like you set the ceiling. So why not set it super fucking high? Not even have a ceiling. Just think how high can I get? Quit it with the excuses. Uh, what An interesting little fact, at least in 1959 stats, was that three out of four people in hospital beds are there because of emotionally induced illnesses. AKA, it's all in their head. Let me say really quick, it's a touch political. It's Wednesday, November 4th. But um, Trump's COVID case. Right. There was a lot going on, but his doctors came out a a few days after and said, you know, we misspoke on certain things. We were optimistic on certain things because we wanted to, um, they were like, we didn't want to stoke fear in the president. They were like, we reported that he was doing better than he was because we wanted him to believe he was doing better than he Mm. was. And I think it's a huge thing. It's also the reason why married folks are are healthier in the, the second half of their life. It's this weird belief thing going on. It's all, I mean, inner game of tennis, which we talked about a couple episodes back. It's it's all this inner game that's just not emphasized enough. I mean, I guess they were doing it 60 years ago with this book, but like it just, it's, it's fucking, it starts with belief. And once you believe you're that person, you surround yourself with those people, you become it. And I think like, even with say, are you the type of person that's, you go into a lecture and you sit in the back of the room and just mm. kind of bullshit or you at the front of the class, raising your hand, Where were participating. You? I, for freshman year, I was in the back. 
then I realized like you hate class when you're in the back. It's just boring. You can't participate. It's like you on the guest podcast. It's like you don't you don't really know a lot about them. Right. I'm like trying to ask a couple questions. But, but it's so much more fun when you come prepared and you're like, this is what this person knows that I don't. And now I can learn from them. I agree. And that's how you approach it. And that was such a, a foundational change in my my approach to just really quick because that, that gets into confidence. Like I said, confidence. <laughs> that was the least confident confidence, confidence I've ever heard. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck that. Chuck that shit. This gets into confidence. That's the end of the four loco. Is this too late for us? No, this is great. <laughs> this is great. I'm buzzed. Um, oh, think confident. <laughs> My plan was to chug the whole thing right <laughs> off the bat, but it tastes like shit. Yeah. Think confident. Be confident. <laughs> um, right. Again, this this fact that nobody's born with confidence. It's all acquired. Yes, it's acquired unfairly. You and I, as as white male people, like, but there's no intrinsic thing about confidence that that you're born with. Um. His tips for for confidence is sit in the front seat, make eye contact. This was something I practiced hard. Like when I was um, journaling, this was in the spring. I was going through a rough patch, as was as were a lot of people with with COVID. Every single day in my journal, I was writing like, "Make more eye contact today. Make more eye contact today." But that's one thing he says: walk twenty five percent faster. Right? I put this book on, chest up, head 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 up, head ass, head ass, big smile. Um, and then practice speaking up. He also says like the the standard should be every meeting you have, every class you have, you're going to add something voluntarily. You're going to be the first to speak, not the last to speak. And again, I can't remember what we were talking about four minutes ago, but I think that's how we got to this confidence point. I don't know. It's all interesting, though. Those are like actionable steps that anyone can take. It's, it's funny, too, because Steph Smith, who was on the podcast, I read her book. She had little sessions talking about the book uh, on Zoom. And the, the first session, it was like 50 plus people in it. And it's like, does anyone want to introduce themselves? Like, let's get a feel for kind of where people are coming from. And I'm like, smart nonsense. People should listen to smart nonsense. In my head, I'm thinking like, mm. Dylan, just fucking talk. And I was nervous. It's a Zoom call, which seems silly because it's just a webcam. But I got nervous and then I didn't promote something that I could easily pitch to a lot of people and they'd be very interested. And I just kept quiet, a little sheep in the back. And I've been kicking myself ever since and it i forgot who who said this but basically you want to approach life like people are scared to take the initiative whether say like there's a, a study about people on a subway and it's like do you want to talk to the person next to you most people are like probably not like probably they don't want me to speak to them but then you do and everyone's happy and so just taking the the mentality of like first to say hi like that's always this person's approach that I listen to, but now I want to do that. It's just like, just speak up. And then like, it, it's all easy after that. And what it is in the book is action cures fear, right? Like you keep looking at me like, yeah, I don't know what he's going to say. I, I'm realizing I'm I like, don't know what I'm going to say. We don't have a very cohesive argument here, but it's, it's all interesting. But, but, but what he says is um, fear closes your mouth when you want to speak. And that's what you're talking about. And, and for me, like, yeah, I get stressed about a lot of stuff. I fear a lot of things, but just force yourself if you can to like take small steps towards that thing. And you realize like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. We should talk. I, so my mom, when I talked to her Let's the other do day, it. she was like, Dylan, I had a nightmare the other night. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what, what was it? She's like, well, you were, you were just a young kid and you were in the water and 
you just started drowning and you were drowning and drowning and you, you reached up to me and I, I just couldn't reach you. And I'm like, mom, mom <laughs> like, Jesus, are you that concerned about like, I'm literally not thinking, I, I think if you take the Freudian approach, he's like, well, that'd be more sexual. But like, if you psychoanalyze that, it's like, she's clearly worried about me, anxious about me going on this unbeaten path. But I, I don't give a fuck. Like, this is all normal to me. a lot to lose, right? Um, and then what happened is you told me that story and you walked by me last night <laughs> on the living room floor with my mattress. Like, you're worried about me? I got a two, bed, mom. And two blankets. <laughs> this clown. My car and my dresser, my, my suitcase. So yeah. I think uh, as I bring up Carol, and we referred to her before as this. Sorry, mom, if you're listening, which you are. But coupon Carol. She's a big, like, savings, cut spending sort of person and they're two different mentalities and i've always been on the other side so she's like cut costs and i am earn more so which side of the spectrum do you want to be on luckily for you you're on that side of the spectrum because of her right yeah yeah, yeah. right right it's like i think these things skip generations and it's in the book it's like um do go first class in everything you do Mm -hmm. like i just there's some part of me where I just like can't do that. And it's the same for you. No, like, you see me taking flights, <laughs> premium economy. It's the same thing. Like, okay, you talk about your mom who's a, a coupon clipper, which I am as well. And you want to go the complete opposite way. Like, how can I maximize income? And then your kids are going to be like, dad, you're, fuck you. Mm-hmm. You're just maximizing income. You're spending all this stuff. And your kids are going to be coupon clippers. This is a theory I came up with, by the way. Um, and it just reverses itself, right? Like, like I think my, my parents were fairly conservative. And I'm like, because of that, I'm able to take all these risks. And then my kids are going to be like, Henry, dad, you're, you're crazy, man. Like we're going to be doctors and lawyers and, and whatnot, but maybe, but Siobhan's parents are engineers. He's an engineer, his whole family. Why you got to bring Siobhan into it? Let's talk about gossip. Siobhan's our number one fan. All right. Thought poison. Yes, Belky contributing. I might be drunk, but I'm smart. (laughs) I think this is huge. And this is something, cause I, speaking of talking with my mom, my mom, I don't know if, I mean, Generally, people associate this with females, but I think people in general love gossip. Like, they just love to talk like, mm. oh, he thought this, or like, she's talking about the dates she's going on, and uh, like, I don't know, like, silly things guys are doing and stuff. I'm like, mom, I, this is what Patrick's for. That's my brother. You talk to him about the gossip. I don't want any gossip. Like, it's just, it's just nonsense to me. That's just like clouding my mind with negativity. Correct. So... What he says is, and, and I only got this the second time reading through, but the, the quote is, gossip is thought poison. Totally agree. But I was like, fuck, I gossip a lot. right? I like to talk about people. But the distinguishing thing is, like, it's not all gossip necessarily. What, what he says is, like, ask yourself these questions. Do I spread rumors? Do I preface things with, quote, don't tell anybody, but... Um, do I tell people to bring rumors to me? Do I judge people based on those rumors? And like, while I think like I gossip a lot, I, I could answer no to all those questions. It's just, it's a waste of space. Most of it's not true. And uh, what? It's thought poison. I, I don't remember why it's thought that. poison, but it's, it's thought poison. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's an easy thing. That's what everyone does mm-hmm. is just gossip. But you look at the people that are successful and they don't do that shit. They're just like, they're focused on the bigger picture. Let me just fucking get that. No complaints. Like gossip kind of gets into excusitis. You're like, correct. You're talking shit about someone or like, 
It's just in this world of negativity. You don't want it. One thing I'll, I'll mention too, while we're all over the place, but like COVID, for example, we had hammered. that Nick Kakonis episode. <laughs> Jesus, we're fucking. We had Nick Kakonis. Uh, we didn't have him on. We talked about him, but about how like COVID comes, restaurant industry would be the hardest hit, but he's not making excuses. He's out there. How can we be creative and find a solution? And I feel like that, I mean, even my like, Ex stepdad, I don't know what you want to call him, but like he had a like he would rent apartments to college students, which now a lot of them aren't coming to college because it's online, and just like all these roadblocks are just opportunities because now it's like oh now I can rethink how I market or what the purpose of these buildings. I was telling is. you the other day, like there have been no hurdles to the restaurant market since I don't know probably the early twentieth century. Like, this is it. This is where entrepreneurs are made. Again, I don't remember how we got here, but it, <laughs> that's what you're saying. You know, all right. So let me try and... Uh, this is going to go down as the Four loco episode. <laughs> it's just low T everywhere. High T. Uh, <laughs> what else do I got? I'm reading through can my we, notes. Can, can we really quick, really quick, ah, can we talk about age, those productive years? Okay. Um. The The, the quote from the book is, I quote, Resolve to live until I die. Mm. And um, it, it, it follows that, that you can do this calculation. It's calculate your productive years, right? You're probably productive from age 20, like in the workplace, age 20 to age 75, if you're average or lucky. So why are the 45-year-olds, the 50-year-olds wrapping it up? We've talked about this before, I think in different contexts, but let's say you're 40, make the math easy. Let's say you're 40. If productive years are from 20 to 70, you're 20 years into those productive years. You have 30 left. You're not even halfway. Let's look at my parents, right? They're 54, 56. They're just over halfway. They've got another 20 like productive years. It's like, why are you wrapping it up? That's ageitis, by the way. That's where when it gets to excuseitis. I think one of the reasons why you got to start right away, like today, is because now every passing year you're just gonna have more excuses, and it's gonna be a higher and higher hurdle to overcome. But today you have the least amount of responsibilities you'll ever have. You're the youngest you'll ever be. You have the fewest excuses overall to just fucking get started and go. But people are like, you know, I, I should have started five years ago, but that's, that's, that's sunk cost. The, 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 second, today. the second best to I should have started five years ago is today. I'm starting now. Right now or tomorrow. What well, that's so what I liked talking about like excuses and you kind of mentioned it before, but like being nervous until you do like you're scared of this risk and then you do it and you're like, oh, it's not that bad. Bill Burr, he was on Saturday Night Live and I was listening to his podcast, which is cool. Uh, Monday. Monday morning podcast, I think. But he was talking about how like before he was nerve, like he was a mess. He's an absolute wreck. And his wife was like, Bill, you've done this a million times. Like, why are you so nervous? And just every time before he goes on the stage, he's just can't get out of his own head. But the minute he steps on and starts doing, he loves it. The best thing in the world. Like that's the same thing with me when I'm public speaking or anything like that. Right before is terrible, but then you just start doing and it's, it's fucking fun. It's like all right. these people are listening to me. And so that's that's kind of what you can take to doing any sort of endeavor or like 
asking for a raise or whatever, just like start doing, maybe you schedule a meeting with your boss and it's like, Hey boss in three months, six months, how can I add more value to the company? And then you come back in that period and you, you can have more leverage negotiating. Right. You're, you're never going to feel better about it. So like you might as well bite the bullet and just take that step forward right now. Just record a stupid podcast when you're talking into your cell phone. And then next thing you know, you got two sure microphones, three cameras, lights, and a sign in the background. You just start somewhere and do. Do I have anything else? I got some stuff. What you got? Any other well, takeaways? Petty thinking over big thinking? You know? You have the choice. You have the choice. Well, it's like, do you think... What one thing? Actually, this is a helpful framework I like. Is think of someone successful, and say we have we have a little qualm. I don't. I've. I couldn't speak for a second. Say we have a qualm, I, a little problem. I don't know what it'd be, but like, I don't know. I get mad because Henry's got muddy hammered. shoes or something, or he's hammered on the podcast. So I'm like, Henry, you got to take this seriously. Like, would. Jeff Bezos, or say like Joe Rogan, I guess. Would he be upset about this? Like think of the most successful person in the world. Would they be concerned with these little nitty gritty details that ultimately don't move the needle? Just focus on big picture. I'm sure Jeff Bezos is concerned about like overall is the logistics algorithm working well. But he's not concerned about like this one Chicago merchant that just, you know, had a return. You would never think about that. chugged a four loco. Sure. It's be okay with small bad things happening all the time. Tim Ferriss call back. (laughs) This is Tim Ferriss. But that's, I think the framework is like, just think, who do you look up to? And you can have like different segments. So like for your social life, for your like work life, for your health life, like have some sort of guru or, or just like mentor person. And then just think, what would they do in this exact same scenario? So right now, say you're thinking about, say you're thinking about starting a podcast. Like, what would Joe Rogan do right now? Would he keep thinking about it or would he just go out, buy a mic or use like his AirPods and just start talking? So I think that framework can help make all these decisions much easier. Was that in the book? Uh, <clears throat> no, that, kind that of. actually it's was from, uh, I think seen. Nick Kokonis, because we mentioned him and it, Tim Ferriss. It just gets at a point where like, my girlfriend, right? Athena was asking me the other day. She's like, she's like, what is going on inside your head? It's a bit different, but she's like, what is going on inside your head when do you send an email and it's not the response you wanted or you make a mistake and like whatever comes back? And I was like, honestly, the thing inside my head is quote, eh. It's like my default is, eh. Well, I also like the default of, mm the extreme ownership like Jocko Willink shit like what could I have done differently sure I'm just always looking like when we don't get the result it's like what could I have done that could have gotten the result and that's one thing that okay let's talk about it for a second because uh, (laughs) we got all the time in the world all the time Schwartz was talking about like think who's Schwartz that's the author dude (laughs) that's the David Schwartz David J. Schwartz okay he was talking about like all right Think, because we're mentioning a bunch, or let's talk about like Elon Musk. Elon Musk, he has some attributes, but you probably have assets like skills that Elon Musk doesn't have. Like, for example, you're a much better communicator than Elon Musk, objectively speaking. And so (laughs) you could, in theory, be more successful, at least in that little space than Elon. 
So there's no there's no like limiting shit because he's le- legitimately sounds like he has some sort of Asperger's or something when he speaks. You right. kind of need that to like challenge norms and stuff like that. But, he may, right? But it's it's just fuck all the excuses. I guess Jesus, I, I sound like I'm drunk now, but like <laughs> scroll the excuses because you have some skills. I, I even made a list of like what's Henry good at. No, this is this is why I tell people all the time. He's like, uh, I'm just another photographer or something like they email me. I'm like, you are the only photographer that's also a paralegal that also has this insight that like you're one of a kind, right? I'm one of a kind. You're one of a kind. My girlfriend, she's one of a kind. And like, unless you're playing into excusitis, right? It's like nobody, sure, I could come up with Tesla and SpaceX and probably give a better keynote. Sure. So why like cop out at like, well, Elon Musk is Elon Musk. You, you can't. All right. Here's a quote. Bring Steph it up. Smith's favorite quote from Steve Jobs. Can I add really quick? The Steph, the, 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 the Steph Smith podcast was great. 68. It's great. Steph Smith. Okay. Her favorite quote is Steve Jobs. Fucking and God. I'm going to butcher it. Uh, but this is the overall thought behind it is. You look around at the world and you realize that it was built by people no smarter than you and me. And you realize that not only wasn't it built by smarter people, but you can also change and influence that world. And once you realize that, the whole world just opens up. And I think that's fundamental because, fundamental, I think that's just cool because literally, Brown, no one was smarter. I I honestly don't think intelligence... I kind of laugh thinking about it. It's that's what we talked about knowledge, right? Right. It's just like, do you know a lot of facts? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Einstein asked, "How many feet in a mile?" Doesn't matter. I can look it up. Five thousand ish. Two thousand eighty. Five thousand two hundred eighty. Doesn't matter. Fuck you. Doesn't matter though. That's why you hate history because it ultimately doesn't it's, matter. It's to a you. product of can you use your resources well. <laughs> I kidding. have a bunch of little quotes too that I like. <clears throat> that every just... ch- every sentence was a quote. I know, right? Um, These are not quotes from our boy Schwartzy. These, okay, so one from Patton that I like. A good plan executed violently now. Violently. He was a war guy. That's great. A good plan executed violently now is better than a perfect plan a week from now. Great. Just fucking do it today. And you're going to get to that more perfect With all you got. What Do it with know? all you got. Pinballing around. All right. Second quote. The man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. Whoa, 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 whoa. One more time. The man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both right. That's right. So what do you choose? What do you choose? What do you choose? I'm with the can train. <laughs> the can train. All right, let's try and uh, summarize a lot of this stuff. We're missing Whew. some points, but basically, okay. From the beginning. Start from the beginning. Realize, kind of like Jobs, the, the whole world, no one's smarter than you. Everyone has their excuses, but some people just say, fuck the excuses. I'm still going to do. I'm still going to be awesome. And then think awesome on an, a massive scale. Like Put yourself 10 years from now in your perfect place, and how do you build towards that? And then... Start to cultivate like an environment where everyone around you is on that same journey. So like that's why it's nice. We're all living in our little 
Dunbar Creative House, whatever right? we call this it. This is why I moved out, essentially. Literally. It's just find the people that are on that with you. That's what Twitter is. If you can't do it in person, you just find your environment, your little circle, and, and crush it there. And then once you really start to believe it, internalize it, then people are going to flock to you. And you're going to have this this positivity. Like, don't be a negative person. This is what, something I want to do is just whenever you see the weather, you kind of mentioned it, but like the weather is always awesome. No matter what. Right. Don't come in and be like, oh, it's raining. It's shitty out. Like the little small talk shit. Really quick. We only convince kids that the weather sucks because we said so. Right. <laughs> like the rain's kind of fun when you think I love the kind of the feeling of rain hitting me. Right. Especially uh, when it's warm uh, A out. child who's new to the world. It's like, it's another day. But if, if we talk about the weather and meteorologists are like, eh, it's cramming out. Like you hate the rain, you hate the snow. Well, that's, that's one thing. Cause that's what I want to work on more than anything else right now is just talking about Chicago. It's like, what do you think of Chicago? Oh, it's a dope city, but it's kind of cold. And I keep saying that to every single person. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? Fucking cold's awesome. I play it's ice a dope hockey. City. Just it's, more opportunity. It's a dope city. I told my mom the other day, she was like, how are you? I said, I'm great. Happy Monday. That's that it. That's my little, you remember when we talked about like how I like doing little cool adjectives? Yeah, dandy. They're like, how are you? I'm dandy. I'm splendid. I'm phenomenal. Like just. It's in your head. Switch it up. Be positive because people really, love that shit. really, really quick. Um, not to knock my dad at all, but when he's asked like, how are you? He has this default. Fine, thanks. How are you? And I'm like, what if that was, I'm great. I'm great. How are you doing today? Like really be um, active about it. That's, I'm still confused at the world, dude. It seems like this stuff is so obvious to me or to us to some extent, but like literally everyone is okay with just being a little drone, going around complaining about their life, and they just don't do I'm it. I'm reading a great book right now. I don't know what it's called, but it's by A.J. Jacobs. Isn't and that like thank? Thank you something. It's a, it's a gratitude journey. And he's like, oh, I spend more than half of my day just being crabby about stuff. Like, can I be more active about who I'm thinking and how grateful I am. Because remember, we only remember the, the things that go wrong, the negative stuff. Like, can I be more active about the things that go right? <sighs> I really like this book. I love this book. <laughs> That's the thing. I'd say my one, I'm trying to think, like top takeaway mm -hmm. from this book. I think it's just believe, like you said in the beginning, it's just believe this shit's possible. Look around, like that's a Kanye quote, right? Like he says, <laughs> right, like there, there we are. He says, "Shoot for the stars, because if you fall, you'll land on the clouds." Pretty good place to be. We'll play that, <laughs> Erica. Shoot for the stars. Um, for me, it's probably wait. I just had it. And now it's gone. Oh, think. Just think. What did you learn? I think for me, it was, yeah, the the whole aspect of believe that you can do this because people just like you have done it. Quit the excuses and be positive. Mine is probably like action cures fear. There's something else, but like I'm a little bit drunk. So that's where we're at. You can, if... <laughs> She loves nose diving. Well, Belky, this was a good episode. I think uh, maybe we, I don't know if we have to like get a more cohesive thesis and like prove no, our points. I'm going to start drinking for all of these. <laughs> it's funny. We, we agreed that this may work best 
if Dylan has a plan and I just do everything I can to derail that plan. I think we're on the same page. Showing up with four logos <laughs> right. now. I think we're on the same page with, with this one. I'll, I'll try and keep it to coffee moving forward. But um, yeah, just think big. And, and if you're not, put this on in the morning and you probably will be. You just need to hear right. it more. This, I mean, I think the guy is like a motivational speaker. And it, dude, this shit is so motivating. Just get the book. It's 10 bucks. It's dope. It's going to be a lot better than our little summary of it. But uh, all right, we're talking. Well, I don't know if you're going to be here, but I'm talking with Jack and Joe about Maybe money. Maybe I don't think we have enough microphones. Philosophy. Three. Three. And then Zoom. Joe's not in person. Maybe I'll be here. Maybe he'll be here. Think big. All right. <laughs> I'll be here. See you soon.